da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. Because the whole world got crazy. Hey, seriously? Yeah. It's showtime. So it's about dang time that this episode happened. Uh, it was only a matter of time. And honestly, not under the circumstances that I wished it was in. Um, Gene Wilder passed in the past couple of weeks now. And it's uh, it's been sad but reflective all at once. And um, if there's one thing that I have figured out and discovered over this journey over the past couple of weeks of revisiting Gene Wilder's work, it's that uh, we need to do an episode, on, especially on Wonka. Uh, there's a lot to talk about with a lot of his, his movies, and hopefully we'll get to, to more of them at later dates. But this conversation needs to happen, and it's been overdue. We've kind of had a mini version of it several times on the show in the past, uh, I feel like. We definitely had one in our top 10 movies of all time episode. I think it came up in a couple of honorable mentions. And uh, so I think it's about time we've dedicated a full conversation to it. So that being said, welcome to the Bad About Movies podcast. I am your host, Kent Garrison, and Joan, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Richard and Brian, both in the house tonight. What's up? Hey, what's up? What's up? Is this your first time back to Wonka Land, or I don't know what? There's no. There's no. Ooh. First of all. I'm going to, I love Willy Wonka. Let me just say this off the top. I love this movie. <laughs> it was in my honorable mentions for top 10 of all time. That being said, I'm going to tear it apart tonight. Uh, I, <laughs> this is a great one to tear apart. Like just for the nitty gritty, like plot hole details and just like, what is wrong with these people? These people are idiots <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but as a movie, I mean, what's not to love? It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's one of the, one of the, maybe the best family film of all time, just all around whole family uh, could sit around and watch it kind of a thing. It, it, it's the best non-Lars von Trier family film. <laughs> I think we can agree on that. The first non-Gaspar No family film yeah. that we've reviewed on the show in, in, in detail, yeah, in strict and illicit detail. Um, but, I mean, you could see this movie for the first time at age four and love it or for the first time at age 73 and probably mm-hmm. still love it. I think it, it really does cross over better than almost any movie except for maybe like the lion king or something i don't i can't think of even then like mo- a lot of older people wouldn't wouldn't like the lion king cuz it's animation so i'm just trying to think of a better all around family movie i just can't i just, like willy wonka might be it might be the one um <laughs> the sandlot comes to mind which we talked about but that's mm-hmm. uh definitely got its people that don't like it i'm sure um, you sh- you should rarely meet d- meet people that don't like this movie, but I'm excited to talk about it. And uh, Brian, I understand you revisited it yesterday. Yeah, in preparation. What were your immediate? I hadn't thoughts? watched it several yeah. years. Uh, it's 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 such a. It, I guess you've seen it. I've seen it so many times that it's just kind of in my mind anyway. But it was nice to go back and and revisit and uh, kind of remind myself of. And look at it from a critical perspective, because I've never really done that before, having never reviewed it or talked about it on this podcast. Uh, that's something that I've found not just over the three, almost four years now that we've been doing this, but the, I don't know, five or so years before that, that I was that I was slaving away in front of a blog spot, blog spot blog trying to, to make a craft out of writing reviews and stuff is when you when you see a movie that you've seen numerous times before, but you're you're trying to look at it and review it from a critical standpoint, um, sometimes that's a really interesting thing. Sometimes that's depressing. Sometimes that's not the most fun thing to go through when you when you're looking at it less as entertainment and more as I want to try to write 800 words on this and just kind of get uh, get depressed by it in some ways. Um, this was not one of those things. I. There's some uh, there's some issues, sure. If you if you want to delve into them, um, more with I think just with like the pacing of it. I've never realized how fast the movie moves. As far as they get into the chocolate factory, and then it's just like it seems like 20 minutes later, it's kind of wrapping up, and that's not totally true. But it it, it moves at at a very odd pace, um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing at all. It's just it struck me this time, but it was always fun to go back. It's always fun to go back and look at it. 
I think uh, we we spoke last week when we eulogized Mr. Wilder that uh, his introduction into the movie comes at 45 minutes in, and it's fantastic. It's one of the best uh, character intros in film history, I think. The music is so good. Um, and it's it's a fun movie. It's weird. It's a it's weird that this is a fun movie. I think. I think it's I think it's odd that we all just like oh, it's a great family fun movie, but really it's about murdering children. You yeah, know? It's that's what I want. That's what I'm excited to talk about on sure. when, I, when I quoted uh, saying tearing it apart. But yeah, uh, so it, it, it's different. It's definitely not the. Uh, I guess it's not as innocent as I thought it was when I was six or seven whenever i saw it for the first time and i certainly have realized that over the years but it was interesting to really uh really dive into that i guess this time around but overall it's it's such a highly enjoyable movie and uh and wilder just gives this incredible gene wilder performance that i think i really and truly think he's the only one that could have pulled that off and and boy did he it's probably his best performance which which is saying something uh richard I guess you were going to give your thoughts yeah. on Wonka. Yeah, I mean, Wonka is a movie that I I don't remember a time where I wasn't aware of its existence. Um, and it's it's a movie that's kind of stayed with me forever. It's my girlfriend's favorite movie ever, so it's one that we watch probably once a year. I think huh. I got it for on Blu-ray. I think I watched like, it at your house one time, maybe. Actually. Yeah, seriously, I think you did. No, I yeah. think we picked MacGruber. It was between that and MacGruber. We picked <laughs> MacGruber, of course. That's, that's always Good the choice. choices. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. You can't, the you can't make a wrong choice with either. Yeah. The only Blu-rays I own are like Willy Wonka. Uh, I'm the opposite of you, Brian. I own Willy Wonka. <laughs> I own uh, MacGruber. And I own two like um, Criterion Charlie Chaplin DVDs and broadcasters. <laughs> that's it. That way, if the internet goes down, I'm good. Um, <laughs> yep. Just watch those on repeat. Like, what, what more do you need? Yeah. I can't think of anything else. So, uh, well, in my, in my seasons upon seasons of Reba, um, <laughs> but those I have on a hard yeah. drive. Yeah. You do have the box set of Downton Abbey though. It's like in a little castle sort of setup. I yes. think those are all my safety deposit box. So I will okay. have to get to a bank for them <laughs> if there's a zombie apocalypse. When so, the fall so, eventually comes. Right. They're not first tier, but I can sure. rescue them in a pinch if need be with just a retina scan. So that's good. Um, so anyway, no, it's a movie I've always known about and loved for a million different reasons. Like when you're a kid, you like it because it's um, beautiful and couldn't be a more kid-friendly atmosphere. And as you get older, um, you sort of kind of fall in love with the very British, very, very uh, Roald Dahl, uh, you know, kind of sinisterness of it and it becomes interesting for different reasons. The biggest disappointment in my life was when, and that's not true, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> a big disappointment was when, you know, you have Tim Burton and Johnny Depp who were like going to make a dark Willy Wonka, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory film. And that was like nowhere near as creepy as the original. And that, mm-hmm. they were trying to make it creepier, but there's something perfect about Wilder and the tone of that there's movie. Some, there's something accidentally creepy about yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Gene Wilder version. Because so <laughs> they're not trying to yeah. be creepy. <laughs> it's like an inherently very British movie. Like their attitude towards children, the fact that they just kill children, like that's a British thing. Like Americans, like that doesn't, you know. There's always yeah. a redeeming. If that was like a completely American production, I really do think this. You would see like the kids survive, and that yes. maybe Augustus has like chocolate all over him, and the other one's covered in you know goose poop or something. But like the f- the fact that they're British is just like, well, they were brats. It's so funny how yeah. how matter of fact it. Wonka is. He's like he went to the incinerator. Like what? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Like we're moving on. Let's go. You know. And that's and you could argue either. I mean, it yeah. could be that Wonka is obviously just messing with the kid, and they're fine. Or it could be I prefer the literal that they're just he's you know he's untouchable by the law and is going to escape in his glass elevator. Right. And leave Charlie to deal with all these charges of murder, <laughs> and he just escaped. Well, right I mean, away. technically, technically, the murders did take place on Wonka property, and that is much like the Vatican; it's its own separate state. So oh, they have their own. They do whatever they want. There. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a it's a Oompa Loompa court. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's in the extended edition, though. So okay. Yeah, have, I didn't, I didn't do that. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a great, I think it's a great movie. It, there's not too many movies that execute their plan yeah. better than this one. And 
thing they don't talk about too much is like some of those kids are really good. Um, and that can really make or break it. Some of them are annoying, but yeah. uh, mm-hmm. like Ruka's great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's so many, so many great performances. Charlie's great. Um, and so it's a, a great, great iconic film. And that's, those are, those are few and far between. So it's always fun to talk about them. Kent, what about you? What's your relationship with the one? Well, uh, I saw this one growing up and, um, really, really liked it, but I was kind of scared at points. Yeah, um, sure, I think it does kind of scare kids that, that tunnel sequence like still is it's, it's hard to get through. Like even mm-hmm. as an adult without just like wanting to stand up or something, you know, uh, it's very well done in its creepiness and effectiveness, but um, I have fond memories of it. Um, it was kind of a hand-me-down in my family. Mm-hmm. I think I yeah. seriously got a VHS that my parents had, um, and they watched it. Um, it was always on repeat in my household for some reason. Uh, the songs were always being played. I think we had the vinyl or something like that. Uh, so I was very familiar with it, and... It just brings back every scene brings back memories um, in it. I mean, they're all you remember all of them. You know, um, you could kind of put it together in your head better than any movie. You know, if somebody was to say, "All right, sit here and explain the exact plot of Willy Wonka," you could do it pretty well. Uh, if you've even seen the movie one time, it's very straightforward in the story, um, very remem- very memorable in the characters, um, and. It's funnier than I remembered it. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot funnier than I remember it, especially the little vignettes that they have between the scenes of the kids getting or finding the golden tickets. Uh, so that's basically, Brian, and to your point earlier of you don't see Wonka for 40 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, all they have to do is establish their world and introduce the characters. So they, yeah. So they establish their world very well and uh they're introducing the characters by them finding the golden tickets of course well that you know you give each kid a two-minute scene you get five kids okay that's 10 minutes okay we can't have a 40-minute movie because when you get to the factory it is only 30 or 40 more minutes uh of it so what they do is they have these little almost comedy bits like i don't know how influenced they were by saturday night live back then or something but well, it's um, before Saturday Night Live, isn't it? Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, Saturday Night Live. Did they do something is... like that in uh in Great Britain at the time? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it's four years. It, yeah, it's probably got honestly, uh it's probably has um I don't know the history of the television when it started, but I know they were certainly doing stage shove is that it it A has the doll influence, but also has some probably some Python influence. Mm-hmm. They were probably yeah. stage Python shove started them. in sixty nine, I think. Okay. So that so, was yeah. right before this. This is seventy one. So yeah, it could be something like that. For it's sure. almost as if the scenes of the kids finding the stuff is for the kids and the other scenes are for the adults. Because I remember as a kid being like, What's going on? Why am I watching mm-hmm. a soap opera right now? And yeah. why am I watching a guy argue with the computer about chocolate bars, you know, I didn't find it funny. So funny. Yeah. But in in, in hindsight, like at at our age, age, you're like at our age, like that could be the funniest. Like if I was to read that on paper in the script, I was, I would laugh out loud. Like that Mm -hmm. is, that is a funny bit. Um, I didn't get that. I do now. So I really appreciate the first half of the movie a lot more. I remember as a kid, you kind of remember the movie starting when they're all lined up there at the factory and Wonka walks out like that. You, yeah. You would say, say that that's the beginning, but when it comes down to like drawing it out on a graph and putting, putting that scene, it's, it's well, you know, almost it's definitely past the halfway point. It feels like. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that being said, there's a lot to uh, talk about and um, how <laughs> you said, some of the kids were annoying. Which ones were annoying to you, Richard? Oh, I mean, they're all great, but the performance wise, I think, uh, uh, Violet Beauregard can be, her performance is purposefully really grating. Mike TV mm-hmm. can be, yeah. but those kids are, I mean, it's on purpose. I mean, they're supposed to be grating. Just mm-hmm. some are better actors than the other. I think when you go back and look, you're like, whoever Veruca was, was a really great child actress and like carries her evilness. You know, mm-hmm. It's like a Darth Vader level performance from like a <laughs> nine year old girl. Yeah. It's unbelievable. You really do you know, hate you, Veruca. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't see that very. I just feel like she was particularly like 
six levels above the rest of the kids, which is, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean they suck. She's just like peaking randomly. I don't know how she didn't become someone huge. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't Charlie like a veterinarian? Yeah. All the kids went this on to pretty normal credit. lives. Yeah. I'm looking at him right now. Uh, Veruca is the only one who really did anything. Um, okay. She had actually, I mean, she has a, a career at least. Okay. Violet and uh, and Mike TV, uh, not so much. And uh, I can't find a. There's a. I think I saw Mike TV on like Cake Wars or something, <laughs> like judging a Wonka cake competition or something like that. Seems like something that uh, Kent loves Cake Wars. We don't talk about it enough on the show, but Kent will binge some <laughs> Cake Wars. I I agree with you. Veruca is definitely the standout, but the parents and how they play <laughs> off the kids is fun. I just think. Like her, her parents had it. Of course they were rich, but they had it figured out. Like you hire, of course you hire a thousand people to open a thousand chocolate bars. Like that's of course how you find it. Uh, and like, of course she found it, but, um, it's just so, so funny how obsessed. Not before calling her parents workers, a very inappropriate name for a kids movie. I don't know if you noticed that. Yes. When you watch it this time. Yeah, I did. Whoa. I thought this was CG. Forget me if. Uh, if I'm wrong, forgive me if I'm wrong, but isn't there a scene? It isn't the way it plays out in the Tim Burton version. Like the worker lady tries to steal the yes. golden ticket yeah. and then they like execute her or something like not, not <laughs> yeah. execute her, but I was always they thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They call him immigration. I think something yeah. like that. It's yeah. really dark. Right. So, um, I mean, that's the way to do it, but it's just so funny to me in this world. I guess it's a, it's of course it's a fictional place. They don't really, they don't ever tell what country it it is or anything like that. And it's very kind of dystopian in a way (laughs) with like the architecture and everything. Um, Hmm. It's, I don't know if you guys felt like that, but it's kind of, I've never thought about it like that. You're you're right. It it takes place kind of in its own world of land of Oompa Loompas can be a thing. You know, that's what I've always said. It's not like it takes place. I just figured it was Pittsburgh, but okay. (laughs) No, you're, I had never thought of it like that. Yeah. Interesting. So, some half the people are English and half are not are American, and it's like this weird city that uh, it's amazing it, how melting pot. Yeah, how obsessed everybody is with chocolate. First of all, in this place, like it's just chocolate makes the world go round. Like they <laughs> they're in they're in school and, and kids are running away. Like what? Why is everybody running away? Oh, chocolate. Oh, okay, of course. Class dismissed. <laughs> yeah. Like this is a normal. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, chocolate bars, of course, you know. Um, I think that scene, beyond anything involving Wilder, I think that scene and uh, and the, the one you mentioned earlier with the, the computer, on this this viewing were my favorite scenes. Like, I actually laughed out loud. having Despite having seen this a dozen times, you know, that was, those two scenes really stuck out as just, that's quality, really funny. The, the presentation and the uh, the way that those <laughs> that those actors hit those jokes just like dead yeah, on yeah. really worked well. Yeah. And uh, that teacher, the science or math teacher, when he's doing the calculation on yes. how many chocolate bars you opened, I always hated yeah. that, that when I was a kid. But on the second time, again, watching it, I was like, that's hilarious. He goes, two? You, you you literally can't calculate two. Okay, let's say it's two hundred. Now you, and then he tries to percentage, uh, and then you, they just pan back to Charlie, and he just has this dead look on his face, like he the guy completely ripped out his soul uh, for only I, having two chocolate bars. It's so cruel, hu- such cruel humor. Like, oh, this is yeah. a kids' movie. <laughs> so we do have a quick uh, show announcement, a little bit of of housekeeping here. Um, we have decided. The three of us have talked. We are going to switch the um, switch our schedule around. So our Friday schedule, our normal Monday, will now be on Friday, which means we're going to start doing these episodes the day before we've even seen the movie. But <laughs> since we're recording today on a Tuesday, then none of that really matters. Okay, that's one of the great lines too. And he's given the Perfect. quiz. <laughs> um, Ken's over there just panicking for a second, like, oh no, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just letting you go. I just got my hand on the dump button. <laughs> Some of these people in this town are are just awful people let's start with grandpa joe um he is the worst he might be the worst the human that's ever existed like so, i never realized that so selfish he's I, know, I noticed that a few years ago when i watched it's awful so the first introduction to him that we have is is 
there are, Grandpa eating, Joe humor is he's, some of my favorite humor on the internet. Just Brian, you and, I, you and I have done some rants on this in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, the first thing he says is, or he's complaining about the cabbage water or the fact that they're eating cabbage water. <laughs> yeah. And then he yeah. says that he smokes, he still smokes his pipe. Uh, and he's like, I need to give it up. And his, the, the wife or the mom who's making the cabbage water is like, oh, no, it's okay. Just one <laughs> yeah. pipe a day won't hurt. We're all eating cabbage water over here, but you, you, you take your pipe. Water, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're all bedridden, and he's just now like, oh, maybe I should not do this since we're all eating cabbage water. <laughs> now, conspiracy theory, she's, her, you know, essentially his daughter or daughter-in-law. Um, she might be wanting him to die. So it's one last mouth to feed. So she's probably encouraging the pipe smoking for that reason. I can at least take the cabbage a little bit of this guy. Would I, kick it already. Have I, have I given you guys my presidential speech on getting smoking going again when I run? <laughs> no. The things were just I'm cooler pushed. when people were smoking. Well, I've it's not just that. that we all died at 72. The economy was better. Now we got to take care of all these people living like 103 because no one smokes. That's true. I say you go into schools and you go into the classes with all the C plus students and get those kids smoking. It just only was, the winners, only the winners don't smoke from now on. Yeah. It just was a lot cooler to watch the news and have the anchor just <laughs> smoking <laughs> on air. Especially so chill. Really especially dramatic, like yeah. we have learned that missiles are aimed at most of the major <laughs> yeah. cities on the eastern sea. <laughs> We'd love to show you highlights of this, but you really can't see through the smoke, so it doesn't matter. Wow. Good night. We got off on a tangent here. <laughs> so Willy Wonka, Grandpa Joe, give up the smoking. Yeah. Horrible person, first of all. Second, all of second, sudden, second thing he does, Charlie finds a golden ticket. Oh, I'm better. I can walk. He <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> doesn't even offer it to his daughter, who's been slaving away taking care of them. Here's an and idea, Charlie's- guys. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Charlie's mom. Great song. Cheer up, Charlie. You got a great voice. Hey, Grandpa Joe, you just chimed right in there on I've Got a Golden Ticket. Why don't y'all do a family band and you wouldn't be eating cabbage water every night? They're like <laughs> classically trained musicians and it's never explained. Like it'd be one that's thing a, if she was trying to be like a singer or something and that's why they were poor. I don't know. It just comes out of nowhere that they can all sing very well and in tune, but it's a musical. What can we expect? Um, it's just like, it's so funny when he just comes out of bed <laughs> and puts on the, the hat and starts dancing. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's quite shocking. Uh, Feeling great. On second view. Ready to roll. Ready to go. Let's go. Let's do this. I haven't been able to work in 20 years, been bedridden, but chocolate factory, count me in. How rude was Charlie faking getting the golden ticket in front of all those old people? He could have killed them right then and there. <laughs> Yeah, he's think, in on it with his mom. He's in on it. Yeah, he's yeah. in on the ruse, my friend. <laughs> it didn't work. They want those oldies out. Yeah, they do. Because if they don't have to take care of four decrepit, <laughs> non-earning <laughs> old people, then they're middle class all pretty quickly. Exactly. Uh, well, I'm currently looking at a subreddit about people who hate who hate Grandpa Jones. <laughs> Pretty entertaining, oh, not gonna is. lie. This is a widespread thing. I just noticed how <laughs> yeah. horrible he yeah. is. Yeah. Glad people are on board with that then. <laughs> well then he like straight up, we'll get to this later on, but he almost ruins the whole thing for Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just hmm. couldn't he leave well enough alone. Grandma Mary instead would have been better better off in there, Charlie. So that's really all I have. On that, uh, until we get to the factory, other than Cheer Up Charlie, always the song you fast forward yeah, uh, as a kid. And still, the, this, yeah, still da, the song you fast forward. It literally yeah. sounds like sad Charlie Brown music. <laughs> Not good. Should should have been cut from the movie. I don't know why they, why they felt the need to keep it in, in the movie. It brings it down to an unnecessary level. But... Um, speaking of music, um, one thing my roommate said when we were watching it was he'd forgotten how good the music was or that he had forgotten that it was so Mm -hmm. iconic, I guess. Like right when you see the first, first intro scene of the movie, which we didn't even mention of the candy factory, like making the chocolate, like, is that not Mm -hmm. the best 
intro credit sequence ever with the chocolate just like being made on the conveyor belt, you know, the real chocolate. It just makes you like want candy immediately. And yeah, you want to see more of the factory, I guess. Um, That's what it's kind of. I've never watched this movie uh, as an adult without like immediately pausing it within 20 minutes and like making a (laughs) 7-Eleven run. You can't watch it and not have recent chocolate in your mouth. That's true. I think that's physically impossible uh, to do. But they they introduce some of the songs there, and then they've got the Candyman song at the beginning. And by the way, this Candyman, I want to live in a town yeah. where he just a right. Candyman just randomly gets <laughs> like literally shovels full of candy and just pours them out over the kids as they're like it's raining down on them. He was uh, the original Lil Wayne, yeah, <laughs> making it rain jelly beans on them <laughs> kids. Uh, but and I like how there's just candy stores there too. Um, yeah, I missed the candy store. They don't have, you have one. Candy You're stores. one of the rare towns that has one. Yeah, Denton's do. got Denton that. does have a atomic candy, atomic candy. Yeah. It's a great shop. It's great. It's a really fun place. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I missed those and I'm glad that they highlight them there, but we need more si- singing candy tenders <laughs> in our candy. <laughs> I think what, they're what, all in jail. What are yeah, their titles? Say, those <laughs> their titles? Definitely all in prison. <laughs> What are you in for? Singing Candy Guy. Got you. Ah, understood. Yep, understood. Who you can get a take a sunrise? Yeah, got me. <laughs> they all know it. They all know it. It's a great sing-along. But, um, so let's get to the factory. Uh, like you said, Brian, it. uh, it's the most iconic maybe character intro ever. And it was Gene Wilder's idea, of course, to do that. Uh, how he was faking being handicapped and fall fell down on the cane and did a forward roll and boom he's okay yeah when he trump said, does it everyone gets yeah mad. that would have been the best <laughs> intro at the republican <laughs> national convention if he did the wonka intro at the convention would have been <laughs> would have been awesome Just all over the place oh hold on a second hold on a second yeah <laughs> but um just he he said he did it that way because he wanted you to always question whether the character was lying or telling the truth, and I think that works there. You yep. kind of sketch it out like, Mission wait, what? What was that? Is he so? He's not. Is he? You know, you still kind of wonder that. And then he goes and makes you sign the contract, which you know that's kind of come into play later at some point because the writing gets so small. And then they go in through several different tunnels and doors and weird illusion type things, which are really fun. Until we get to the chocolate room, I guess it's technically called the chocolate room. And then we have the <laughs> iconic uh, pure imagination sequence, which is great. And Incredible. something about yep. this room still feels big and epic in a way. I don't know. It just still feels like a totally. giant candy forest. Even though yeah, that it's set design not- is not aged hardly at all. Seriously, like I it's incredible. You know, it doesn't, that's like one thing that should totally age and it still looks completely whimsical and perfect. Yeah. They tried to outdo it in, of course, Burton with CGI and crazy, crazy stuff. Um, but it was weird. There was a hot topic in the corner. Yeah, it was full display. Yeah. But no in there. They they just had vampire diary stuff. Um, (laughs) It's very odd. It was very odd (laughs) yet fitting. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> Actually worked very well. So, um, any thoughts on that sequence or anything? I always liked the edible stuff everywhere. Um, I always wanted the giant gummy bear. That's always yeah. the one that I wanted. And, of course, Same. to drink out of the chocolate Same river. Here. Yeah. You know all that was disgusting, too, is the funniest part. <laughs> yeah, it's just brown water. Is all. Yeah, it's just Ooh, gross gosh. brown, like, creek water. Straight out of Mexico. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gummy bear is a balloon. Yeah. Bad. It's just, it's one of those things that's best left in the imagination, probably. Right. Right. So I love that scene, though. That the sequence, the way it unfolds, the way you, you're kind of touring around the factory with them at that point. You know, it's just kind of it slowly unfolds. It's it's so well done, and and while they're singing song and all that, it's it's that's one of my favorite. It's definitely one of my favorite movie songs of all time and and uh i think it's just the way when he's he doing the, like it, when he's oh. yeah when it, the way he sings it and the way he's like tap dancing down the steps and everything mm-hmm. doing yeah. it it's just it's just so i don't know fits so well and it's like he's doing gene kelly better than gene kelly could do it's sure. like wow this guy is 
for real. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. It's just a, it's a great moment. But, um, th- so then they start to off the kids or Wonka starts to off the <laughs> yeah. kids. It gets started pretty quick. It gets, it's it's just kids. weird how apparent it was on this last viewing that he, he like is trying to kill them. Like he wants yeah. them to die yeah. for his plan. Uh, and by, he gets going himself. quickly because by just by body mass, he gets rid of half the kids first. <laughs> Yeah, you he, add does. Them all. he yes. does. He's like, I'll just get the, get rid of the hard one. And, and yeah. oh, this one will left. never fit in the elevator. I got to get rid exactly. of him fast. <laughs> the glass elevator would not handle it. You're right. <laughs> so, but he, he's saying it's the whole like time. Chocolates. Yeah. As, as Augustus is uh, doing it, he's like, dirt, stop. He's like, stop. Don't. You're too close. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. Yeah, under his breath. So Those are so funny too. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, he does that and then blows the little whistle thing, which I always love the little Oompa Loompa chime whistle. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how he learned to do that or if he's even really playing it, but the illusion is good and impressive. If he took the time to learn that little line on the flute, I don't know. When I was in college, uh, at first is, is one of the most disappointing things in my life. I was working at this internship just at this massive cube farm. And the bro in the cube next to me had that whistle as his like text tone. Did he really? And I was, oh, it's kind of yeah, too long I'll, for a text tone. Yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of like, all right, this cool guy seems like a pretty chill bro. He likes Wonka. And then he got like three <laughs> more texts and then like 17 more texts. And by like noon on my first day, I was like, I'm going to have to kill this guy. <laughs> I've said so, that about people with R2D2 sounds. I love R2D2, yeah. but as a text, it's like, dude, stop it. We don't need to hear. I don't need to hear Return of the Jedi's X-wing fighter sequence via <laughs> via R two D two every time you're getting a, a group text. That's why I just have Fran Drescher's laugh as mine because it's a classic. <laughs> it's classic. No, Everyone it likes never it. Really gets old. Never no, really it never does. gets old. It's a classic. That's why I've kept, co- I've kept kept coach theme as my as my ringtone <laughs> for. <laughs> da, 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 da. If I could get the coach theme for my ringtone, I would. It's not available anywhere. I can't even find it on YouTube, like in a high quality version. Well, Somebody, well one day when we start yeah. Mad About University, that will be our song. Well, so where do we go from here? Where do we go from the chocolate room? Which kid goes next? Is it uh, uh, Blueberry? Yeah, it's Violet. So this was always kind of messed up, too. Yeah, she they, explodes. Not only does she explode, <laughs> but they feel the need to roll around and perform a song with her. Yeah. No, wow. she's in grave danger. Yeah. Actually mock her. her yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's blue jaundiced and they're just pointing her around. Oopa, loopa. <laughs> Taunting her father like, oh, get your goodbyes in now because we're rolling this corpse until it like, explodes. Yeah, I feel like Still internally all Oompa Loompas are actually uh, very successful NFL wide receivers. Just so much taunting is happening every time <laughs> something like this happens. You notice in those Oompa Loompa sequences or songs that uh, the, the I never noticed how weirdly 70s the graphics are and like the way they're edited <laughs> together. Yeah. Like when it's, the it, heads come in for a second and yeah. then yeah. They're like yeah. wavy and then they're all of a sudden clear. It's a, it's a, it doesn't hold up well. Speaking of no, things that part, that in uh, this movie that hold up, that does not. Uh, the special effects or CGI, if you will, uh, and uh, that did not work. But still fun nonetheless. I think the Oompa Loompas are still kind of a unanswered question. They never really, <laughs> sure. you still never kind of know where they yeah. came from. It's better that way because in the depth version, they like explain it. And I'm like, you know, on my list of a million questions in my brain, this I wasn't really this was not in need of an origin stories. Like I got it. They're <laughs> kind of dwarfish characters that are orange. I can I'll make the leap. It's a chocolate factory. Right. Yeah. I don't need to know the political history of their of their <laughs> land. Their tribe. Yeah. Unnecessary. And I don't like can we talk a little bit about the Johnny Depp one? I hate how they have the same guy <laughs> saw that together Roy, way, or whatever as as every Oompa Loompa is really disturbing. That that part is creepy. <laughs> oh, when you get an actor like Deep Roy, I mean, how are you going to get five guys to you know match up to him? I don't know with the with the range, you know, you could do so much. Of a Deep Roy, I just like to say the name. He's so funny. He's bounding down, but um, 
It's just very creepy, and I don't know why. I mean, Gene Wilder said it was an insult to remake the movie, and I don't know why they even tried. I mean, maybe they wanted to do something closer to what Roald Dahl did, but I don't know. I've never read the book. Have you guys? I don't know how faithful any of this is. I remember reading it before... Like yeah, well, I, I remember reading it in like elementary school yeah, like while same. I was still in, super into Willy Wonka, and then I never read it mm-hmm. again. I don't really remember much. Okay. Same. I, it blends together with the Ken Griffey Jr. autobiography or yeah. biography <laughs> at the time. So it was a long time ago. Yeah, I was reading too many uh, Star Wars cross sections books. To, uh, <laughs> remember cross sections? So those oh, were just yeah. the oh, yeah, the books time. in the night. Those and like those I Spy books. Oh man. You gotta get me in a stack yeah, of eyes. And, and the Guinness Book of World Records books were huge at, <laughs> at Scholastic Book Fairs. Were huge of the day, man. Oof, big time back. I've got every one uh, of the past twenty five years, right? Here on the show. <laughs> no, I don't. It's kind of it's kind of obnoxious. Anyway, sorry to those people that do, and probably a lot of our listeners do. <laughs> but um, as far as the other kids, uh, we go to the I guess Golden Geese room. And they're like one, they are one night right after the other. Uh, but before that, don't we have the uh, everlasting gobstoppers? And let's talk about Slugworth real quick. Uh, very weird, creepy. The person who they got was perfect. Yeah, but he's everywhere, man. He just keeps popping up. What I never understood is that one guy who comes up to Charlie at the beginning, who's not Slugworth, who's like, nobody ever goes in. Nobody ever comes <laughs> yeah. out, and he just yeah. has a cart of blades that right. is yeah. never explained. Like <laughs> they do not teach about stranger danger in this town that that Charlie lives in. Like there's many times that he should probably run home, and instead he's like, "Hello, strange man with the cleaning equipment and the singing candy man." I mean, it's just like a whole city full of probably creepers. Do you notice in the Everlasting Gobstopper? I noticed this last time that. Wonka automatically doesn't give Charlie a gobstopper. I think because he probably assumes that Charlie wouldn't give it away anyway. You know what I mean? He uh, he yeah. he gets four of them and he goes one for you, one for you, one for you, and one for you. And then somebody goes and one for Charlie, and then he goes and one for Charlie at the very end. <laughs> like he wasn't going to give it unless somebody said something. Uh, that I kind of I don't know if that means anything. Yeah, on his plan about his plan, but I just noticed that this last time. Deep gobstopper planage going on. He's like, "Who's gonna leak this thing?" He's like, "I'm gonna slice your throat right here, right in this gobstopper room." Grandpa Joe ruins it by being like, "And one for Charlie." Too. It's always yeah. funny how he's making the candy, and it's always these random items, like he's throwing pants and like, yeah, uh, random stuff into there. Uh, that's funny. Great on chopped, Wonka would. <laughs> so we move to the Golden Geese. Another memorable sequence. And um, kind of disturbing, too, that we're just eating raw uh, chocolate from a geese or a goose. Uh, that's, that's always funny. And, pretty normal. Um, pretty, messed like up, pretty messed up how they, the death. This is the furnace, I think. <laughs> this is you're straight to the furnace, Veruca. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. And that leaves us with... Just Charlie. There's no getting out of that one, right? No. Like maybe, maybe he swam out of Chocolate River. Maybe she didn't actually explode. Maybe she just like deflated. But like Faruka, you went to hell with like, her father. Yeah, up. Yeah. So it leaves us with Charlie and Mike TV, the only two survivors of this journey so far. But we do have a little side sneak away from Charlie in the. Uh, Fizzy lifting drinks. Mm-hmm. The fizzy lifting. That's what I'd go for too. The sucker for soda. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you think they're gonna die? They don't die. But why is there a giant fan? Are they trying to kill people with this? I think so. They're really trying to chop up Charlie, <laughs> and that's even more disturbing. Uh, Wonka's murder emporium. Eli Roth's version of this movie is is pretty disgusting. By the way, why do they notice? Russ loves it though. Four seconds before they're at the blade, that they're too high. Yeah, I know. They don't look up once this entire time they're floating. Uh, But they get down by only burping because this is a kid's movie. 
Only burping, guys. <laughs> they burp their way down, and uh, we move on to. I guess th- then they were already in the. They were already in the egg room, but Mike TV, of course, goes to the TV room because he likes TV. And uh, d- does he play video games? There weren't video games back then, were there? Not console. I'm not, not really. No, this, I'm confusing it with the Burton one. I think the new kid was obsessed with video yeah. games, and that was yeah, his that's thing. What it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, really confused me as a kid on to, as to how TV works because I never saw particles flying in my room of any kind. <laughs> they really just did a horrible way. Like, let's not even just let's not even talk to them about satellites or antennas or anything. Let's just assume that it blows physical objects into a million pieces into your room and then they're reassembled in real time onto your television set. So I was, I was a sad, confused child when I didn't know the true <laughs> technology behind television until much, much later. So thanks Wonka for misleading me in so many ways. Um, so they shrink him down here, which is very weird. And how do they have this technology kind of thing? <laughs> and that's it really. Yeah. They just kind of escort her away. He doesn't die or, Right. Any, well, I guess you can go over here and try to find him. I don't They really take him know. to the taffy yeah. pulling room. I think that's yeah. what they say. Yeah. You know, you know what the weird part about that is on this rewatch is like I paused at that minute. I had to get up and get some more popcorn or something. And there's only like eight minutes left in the movie when this yeah. happens. Like, all right, we got to wrap up. We got to wrap up and get out of here. And it was very odd to, to sit to realize like how quickly this went from we have five kids to we have one kid. That's it. Yep. And we move to the kind of ending scene, which is Wonka's office. And this is kind of memorable as well and iconic in the fact that everything is split in half in his office. I think this is a Roald doll thing, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe implying split personalities or schizophrenia of some kind, which is another interesting kind of, I, I don't know, Easter egg for adults to kind of think about because kids mm. would kind of think it's more kooky and adults are probably like, wow, that probably says something about his mind. Um, but it's seen where grandpa Joe kind of redeems himself in a way sure. <laughs> from being so horrible because he kind of <laughs> tells Wonka off and you get the feeling like the, in the audience, like you're like, yeah, screw Wonka, you know? <laughs> but then Charlie gives back the, Everlasting Gobstopper, and uh, they had that great moment. But also Gene Wilder in there when he's going off about how he broke the rules, you know, that you get nothing, you lose, uh, you broke. Yeah, really the rules, over the you know, top. The, I feel like he didn't like you that. You stole kid. fizzy lifting drinks like that whole <laughs> that whole dialogue is so good mm-hmm. um, that you are scared of him, and he's like, "Good day, sir." And then he's like, "But Mr. Wong," he's like, "I said." And he's screaming at you. You're just like, uh, okay. And then he gives him the gobstopper and everything, everything's good again. But, uh, very confusing ending for a kid. I was like, what is happening? You know, I didn't understand the test at all as a young mm-hmm. one, but now I do. And, uh, mm-hmm. such a great ending. It might be the best way to end a movie. And of yeah, course awesome. the last line is, do you know what happens to the great, the kid who got everything he ever, he ever wanted? He lived happily ever after, and they, he gives away the factory. And Such that's a it. great line! It's like boom, end, good, mm-hmm. out. Yeah, it know? does end super abruptly, but in a great way. Yeah, yeah, because it, it it's perfect. Um, but just great stuff. And I think did they try to make a sequel to this at some point? Uh, if if you, I don't know, I, I, I don't if know. it had been made twenty years later, they would have made definitely that would have happened. But <laughs> thank God right. in the seventies yeah. that wasn't as big of a deal. Yeah. So a couple other scenes that we failed to focus on include the uh, include the river sequence, which is very creepy and so uh, creepy. The music and not only like the stuff projected, it's like worms and like weird. It's like makes the ring look not creepy. I don't know. They should have just made the ring have the Wonka, <laughs> Wonka tape of, of that scene. Seven you watch, days. You watch and that just, and you're done. Yeah. Just him singing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so creepy it's it's uh it's spectacular i mean like you it's you can't not watch it but it's super creepy like i debated whether or not 
I was going to watch this with my kid. And then I thought about that scene. I was like, no, I'm 33 and I'm a little creeped out by that. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to put him through that. Right See, now. It's funny. I was scared of everything as a kid and still am. I, I live in a giant bubble. Um, <laughs> not for allergies, just as you guys right. know, just he hasn't because. seen a tree in 10 years. Yeah. But I was never scared of this movie. I was scared of hook and I wasn't scared <laughs> of this movie. Yeah. So I was wired really well. Great another job. Scene parents. that's kind of <laughs> another part that's kind of disturbing on second on on a revisit is uh, the Wonka. I guess it's car that's like foaming everywhere. Yeah, for no yeah. reason. It's very and he's singing again, doing that and just being doused by foam and singing and driving and it's very weird. And then they dry immediately. I guess that's the gag, but. It's just like very random and yeah. To, like, what's the point? I like nobody died. No, nothing happened. I guess <laughs> maybe he was hoping someone would die of foam inhalation. I don't know. You know, I don't, <laughs> it's just very weird, uh, looking back, but that's really the end of this. Any other thoughts on Wonka? Again, it's called Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory because, because mm. of Vietnam, they couldn't call it Charlie. In the chocolate factory. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. So this one is Willy Makes Wonka, sense. and the, the Burton one is Charlie. Yeah, because he's racist. The book is called Charlie. Because he's <laughs> <laughs> enough time had passed. We're good. Yeah, he's <laughs> ready to slip another one in on us. Yeah. No, the book is Charlie. Yeah. No, I did not know that. Ken, I love those kind of trivia facts. So that's I will keep that one. And that's your trivia you. for the day. Thank you. So, uh, any other thoughts on on this? Any favorite parts? Anything I didn't mention? Maybe uh, the uh, snozberries taste like snozberries. We didn't yes. mention that. Uh, so, so, uh, so little to see, so much time or whatever. Uh, that whole, mm-hmm. just some of his little lines that he would repeat were funny. Mm-hmm. Looking back, where would you put this in the pantheon for for Wilder personally? Where where would you put the movie and and or his performance? It's my favorite. It's my number one. But I, I'm I'm wrong probably. Yeah, I would put it at number one, and then Young Frankenstein, and then <laughs> Blazing Saddles, and I'm sure once I revisit his other work, I'll well, be talking work. about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some of his later work specifically. Yeah. No, um, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's, it's his all. best performance by far. I I would probably have Blazing Saddles and and maybe Young Frankenstein both above the movie. Just I grew up on those movies, and and really, uh, I think I probably go towards them before I do this one, but this is, I think is easily the, the best work he, he ever did on screen. Yeah. Just personally, his, his personal performance, I guess. I mean, no wonder you wanted to hang it up. I mean, or not, Mm -hmm. or take it easy, you know, in your later years, you, you, you did this. I mean, that's pretty iconic. Mm -hmm. That's pretty iconic and amazing in itself. Just surprised. Nothing more came of this other than Gene Wilder being a household, more of a household name, but, the director didn't do much after this. I, know he's, but, I was looking at that. He does like TV movies after this and then like died 10 years later. It was like, yeah. so, such yeah. a you know, it wasn't, movie. it, it wasn't, wasn't very success. successful. Yeah. That was part of it. He, he talked about in that Conan interview I talked about last week, he, he basically said it, you know, didn't, it didn't make much money. People didn't go out to see it because it looked creepy. And, and he, he said, because moms didn't want to let their kids see the movie. And yeah. then, you know, it kind of became, uh, I he guess said what happened hit. was uh, HBO bought it and started showing it a lot, and okay. a lot of kids grew up that way. Like I think that's how mm. I saw it was taped off HBO for my grandparents, and uh, that's what that's what it was. Um, but that's how a lot of kids got exposed to it at a young age because it would repeat on HBO early in the morning. So another little trivia for you. That's awesome. So. Uh, this has been good. Let's hit grades on Wonka. I'm going to give it a solid A just for fun, nostalgia's sake. A lot of solid, uh, maybe the best soundtrack when it comes to sing-along of all time, other than mm-hmm. like maybe Lion King. But mm-hmm. it's it's incredible uh, how well it holds up in a lot of areas. And I really enjoy it, and I'm going to miss Gene Wilder. Brian? Yeah, I'll give it a, a solid A as well. And uh, I think... I think it's a good movie. I think it's an okay movie without Wilder. I think Wilder is what makes it, what takes it to a, you know, a completely different level. His his performance just kind of, I guess, just 
solidifies the whole thing and makes it makes it work and makes it really easy to overlook any kind of issues that that you might have with it narratively or just from a you know film structure or anything like that. Yep. Richard. I'm going to go A+. Just because what it is, I mean there's not too many movies at that level in the in the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not an American movie. Can't take credit for this one. Sorry guys. <laughs> but well, we can. Just is yeah, it true? We, will. we can. We can for Gene. As I stopped this before, just like the Beatles, best American band, right? <laughs> we invented Prove rock and roll. Yeah. Well, Nickelback. So. <laughs> they're definitely Canadian. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're Canadian. We don't take credit for them. <laughs> All right. This has been awesome. And uh, thank you guys for job, jumping on this little uh, throwback episode of the show. And uh, where can we find more of you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden. You can find me in the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter, which just went out uh, this week. And you can find me at uh, richardbarden.com. Kent, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find our show online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and on iTunes. Subscribe. Tell your friends. If you like what you hear, give us five stars because that helps go a long way. And until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.